Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to The Collective. We got another awesome show for you today. We're going to go with a lightning round. I love a good lightning round. But before we go into it, I have a story for you, and you're going to love it. Oh, uh, just hang a sec. Before you hop into your story, you know what you've, you haven't done yet? What haven't I done yet? You haven't hit the subscribe. Oh, you're right. I was going to you, you, You've been doing call. so well as well. Your good routine call. was just starting to form up, and then you got all excited. So before I get into my story then, allow me to uh, just remind everybody, hit the like button, make sure you subscribe to the page, and hit the notification bell. That way we get bumped up on the algorithm so people get uh, it flashed whenever they're watching the YouTubes, which I have another story about, which I'll tell you about in a minute. Oh, stories upon stories. It's like stories upon, this is where the lightning round gets into it is when I start telling stories. So do it. It's here's it's the, gonna be chance burl's hour. Let's do it that. Chance burl's hour. Just and, in and case you know any, what? You can all just leave. <laughs> that will be revenge for yesterday when I quote unquote, and actually a couple of buddies sent me the chance burl's uh, quote. Yep. You're hogging the mic. <laughs> I never actually said that. You <laughs> said you that. <laughs> I might have said it. Um, my we'll bros see. are calling you out. Yeah, that's okay. I should be getting, we all should be getting called out when it's necessary. Yeah. And that's why it's Chance Burl's Hour. This today's Chance Burl's Hour because I hugged yeah. the mic yesterday. Okay. Well, allow me to enthrall Hawk. you all with my story. <laughs> so, yesterday, we had a, we had a challenging morning here at the house. Um, my son didn't want to go to school. He fought tooth and nail to get through it he had some assignments due that he did not do and uh, had to go to school without his assignments and there was a whole shindig it was a bit of a long day whatever carried on in the evening we all were chatting around and we were all kind of tired and my wife was like man I really don't want to make dinner and my boys were like let's go to McDonald's and I was like let's not let's not Let's just not do that. But we still kind of wanted to go out. And I was like, well, you know what? We're new in Sherwood Park. And maybe we should look around, see if there's any local places that are any good. And so I was like, let's uh, let's do that. And we found this little donair shop that's just down the street. It's like, oh, nice. like maybe a five-minute drive. Not even a five-minute drive. Um, and we all we went down there. And I was looking it up. And they have this... Uh, it's called Famous Donairs. If anybody's in the Sherwood Park area, you should definitely check it out because it's delicious. Um, and they had this crispy cheese chicken sandwich. Mm. And I was like, that sounds pretty delicious. And it is a deep fried layer of mo mozzarella cheese on top of a fried chicken breast. Insanity. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we get there and uh, we, we start ordering. And then we're like, oh, I wonder if, uh, you know, maybe we should sit down and eat. Why don't we just eat here instead of taking it home? Let's, uh, you know, have an impromptu night out. This will be fun. That was never a choice. I mean, definitely. And uh, so we sit down and the Arden decides to order himself a cheeseburger. Kinley gets himself a corn dog. Like these all, it's all made there. It's all fresh. It's all great food. They sit down. We start eating. They're having a blasty blast. Arden starts working there immediately, like taking our plates and putting it on. Like he just everything kind of fell into line. And the reason that I want to tell this whole story was that you and I were chatting about McDonald's the other day and you were all like, it's poison. It's just, no, I actually poison. called it rat poison, rat poison. You're right. And, uh, and I, I was thinking about it and I was like, why do we even do that? The other part of it was once we got there, 
and we had all this food and it was a lot of food. Like the sandwich was or the sandwich that I got filled me up in one sandwich, right? <laughs> Which I'm a big guy. Um, it filled up my son. I have a picture of him laying in his chair after eating like this. Like he was done. And uh, it was actually cheaper than going to McDonald's. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, the food was better. We all had this great time. Everybody slept through the night. Like it was an impromptu great night out. Everybody had a blast. The kids were kind of super hyper after being fueled up by good food. And then we came home. We watched a show. They went down for the night. Both my wife and I were sitting on the couch like, oh, my God, my belly. It's <laughs> so full. And uh, it turned into a really amazing night because instead of going with the convenient thing that we normally do or that we have done in the past i should say of just eating out wherever we found a good spot that was local and had an amazing night so i just wanted to thank you for pointing out that uh, mcdonald's was rat poison i'd appreciate it you're welcome and uh, i got a curious uh i'm, I'm a curious guy I, yeah. I have questions on this it's fascinating to me so first things first obviously you were sporting a mom and pop restaurant, which mm -hmm. rocks because they're Canadians. They're not some sort of multinational evil corporation feeding poison to people. So, mm -hmm. a second thing, I'm curious: Do you guys not eat in restaurants a lot? Do you mostly take out? No, we we usually uh, we will usually take out and go home and eat. Yeah. Okay. So the um, kids aren't overly used to hanging out in a restaurant. No, they are. We keep our our manners uh, consistent. But, no, no, no. Uh, I'm not talking about manners at all. I'm just trying to establish. I'll go simple. Let's go scientific. Establish the ratio between eating in restaurants and taking out for home. I would say it's probably 60-40 in-house versus eating out. Check. And so how often do you do that per, let's say, per week? Maybe once. Okay, so maybe four times a month and probably not quite two in a restaurant per month. Let's call it 1.5 times per month. Yeah, so something like that. over yeah. the course of a year, maybe 18 times in a year that the kids would be eating in a restaurant. Yeah. Okay, so it's not so frequent that they are totally, it's normative, yeah. but they do it often enough that they, they understand the rule set. Yeah, exactly. And so when they were in the rule set, they were being cool as Fonzie, were they? Or Actually, Surprisingly, yeah. The last time we had gone out, it was not so much. They were. So where was the last time you went? The last time we were in a restaurant, we were at... Um... I'm drawing a blank. It was a... Oh, it was a fat burger. Oh, yeah. So what was the setting like? Because... I'm, I just quickly pictured a fat burger, and it's almost like a like a fifties diner. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like a quaint not not quaint isn't the right word. It's like a bit of a fancy boy posh, quaint burger place. It's it's yeah. got style. It's got this. It's got that. Yeah. But it's a McDonald's, basically styled up. Yeah. And you know that's the interesting part. Like if you, I'm not suggesting that this is you, but if anyone's listening to this and. You take your kids out to the McDonald's, which is like a gong show, and they're used to that environment and everyone's being a gong show. Now that gong show gets taken into a, an upscale place that is similar, same vibe perhaps in a sense, yeah. just fancied up, and now it's still a gong show. But the moment that you do the pattern interrupt, you take the kids into a mom and pop 
location that is is radically different, got a different feel, got a different heft, it's got a different everything. Yeah. All of a sudden now they understand the overarching rule set, but it's a new location. It's it's like a new objective that they've yep. got a clover leaf around and figure out how the very concentric circle rule set works. So do you think there was any of that playing into it or I think so for sure because they were they were very much more involved uh, in the conversation, perfect. right? Perfect. They they were reading the menu and actually it was kind of interesting to have um on the the wall that divides the kitchen from the dining area, which is it's an open kitchen, right? So it's right there. Um <clears throat> and they have all the stuff written down, all of the food items written down on the wall itself. And it's a half wall, so it's right at uh, my kids' uh, eye level kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And they just sat there and they were reading. Like we didn't have to entertain them. They didn't Fantastic. ask for our phone. They didn't. They were just like kind of awed and looking you just around it and out. being involved. Yeah, you figured it out. Yeah, it's nice. It was pretty cool. That's cool. <laughs> so that was the first story, and I just wanted to make That's sure that story, uh, man. I told you because it's an important thing. Is that all that stemmed all that whole evening and all the stuff that came out of it and the good times and the um, and the food, which was outstanding. It actually probably is now my new favorite burger because it was oh, fantastic, amazing. Mm. And um, I love a good donair as well. I mean, oh, yeah. tzatziki sauce. Oh, if it's a if it's got a little bit of extra garlic hit in it, I'm there all day long. I'll see oh, well. you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my wife got the donair and it was delicious. Oh, and I got fantastic. the like it just all the food was really really good. So, and the fries were homemade. Oh, like, win win. Oh, dude, it was great. I like dude, I can still awesome. feel it in my stomach. It was that like it was bleh, it filled me up and I feel you know, full. maybe maybe you don't have to eat it all. Uh, yeah, no, I have to eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I cannot eat it all. Uh and then we also had a poutine there too, which was excellent with oh, like, like real gravy legit, legit poutine. Uh, so squeaky like, curds. Yep. And oh, thick peppery gravy oh. with the homemade fries. Oh, so good. Yeah, here's the so thing. So good. Okay, I don't care. I don't care about your nonsense story about how good the poutine is because this is where it all comes. This is where it all <laughs> falls apart. The, for me, the critical distinction between a poutine connoisseur is what kind of vinegar you use. Mm. And some don't even use vinegar because they don't even know. And so to me, all comes down to whether you use the white vinegar or the malt vinegar. Let's not even kid ourselves. Malt vinegar all the way. I'm. I don't normally use vinegar. Next time that doesn't you will. mean I have it. Next time I, you I will. And next I've time, used, let me know. I've done malt vinegar before. I've On done poutine? regular. I've done white vinegar before. I prefer the malt vinegar over the white. Okay. Rarely do you find a place that has it, though. That's correct, and that's, that's why I always part. say, "Excuse me, do you have some malt vinegar back in the kitchen?" Mm. And malt vinegar always shows up. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to try it next time we go there because it, uh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that one. Mm. Um, Dude, so, stellar, stellar, yeah. stellar right. find in your hood. Right. You know what? Yeah. I've, I've actually visited cities to go and hang out at a mom and popper like that. Like an entire trip is yeah. for that very reason. I, I would, I would make the trip there. I really would. How good the food was and how the other part was is that the staff were there, right? Yeah, they weren't right. just off doing yeah. work, oh, right? Yeah. They were yeah, yeah. there. They were laughing at the kids. They were uh, one right. of the guys, the the main guy looked like the owner. Um, 
was wandering around. And he kept telling Arden, he's like, I'm going to put you to work. Can you put these on this table? And can you get, here's the ketchup and, and just started giving them stuff to do. And I was like, again, just being a part of the nice experience. Right. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I so love good. a family restaurant, man, like a Canadian mom and pop restaurant. I, I don't care what the ethnicity is. doesn't matter yeah. to me. No, just straight up salt of the earth. Canadians. Mm-hmm. I love it. And this goes into, you know, what we were talking about yesterday, actually, with Gino was that it came back to a single choice, right? I could have been in that moment lazy and said, sure, let's order McDonald's. And we would have had rat poison once again. And we would have, you know, sat at home and eaten the stuff and then probably watched a movie and felt crappy about it and then went to bed. But now, because I made the choice of like, eh, I really don't want to be lazy today, but we haven't got groceries, so we don't really have stuff to, to make let's go find a good place and then bam this whole evening and then this conversation and then the the thoughtfulness that it uh it will probably allow people to see or maybe even yeah and, and you know what like uh one of the great things that you can do next time perhaps is you can encourage your boys to get involved with the process and by that i mean like hey boys um Look, I'm going to hop onto this thing called the Googs, and I'm going to type in my city, and then I'm going to type in top 10 restaurants, budget. And here's the top 10, boys. What looks interesting to you? And then you get them picking it out, and then you get mm-hmm. them like, okay, give me your top three. Now they're engaging. Now they're, now they're figuring out how to figure things out. You know, one of the things that I tried to do with our boys is teach them how to apply critical thought rather than uh, be uh, hand-guided throughout life. Mm-hmm. And so I was always challenging them to make decisions based on the information in front of them that I wasn't just going to navigate them through. I would hold not hold them accountable, but hold them to task. Yeah. And so it, it's great because the buy-in is not only are they learning something, but when they pick their own restaurants, that's extreme ownership, baby. It really is. And, and yeah. you know what? When they're in the restaurant guess what they're trying to do? They're trying to make it win because mm-hmm. they chose it. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to make it suck. They're going to make it awesome because they're, they're predisposed at that point to demonstrate that their choice was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And th- just being more involved in the process is, is part of it, For right? Sure. That sure. They have to be able to do things. Even uh, today, when I woke up this morning, I was like, hey, boys, what do you want for breakfast? Right. And they said, Kinley, uh, youngest, it's like, I want um, Eggos. I'm like, cool get them out of the freezer okay and he got them out of the freezer i'm like okay now put them in the toaster what do you want in your egg and like i i walked him through the process but he did each step hmm. more winter storm yeah sorry no. winter storm i i winter storm showed up yesterday you put it up and i was in such a role that i didn't even stop to say good morning winter storm good to see you i tell you Dude, I sucked yesterday. I was just hogging the mic (laughs) all day with a behavioral scientist. Sean was hogging the mic. That's right. Yeah. But you know what? Him and I actually had a chat after you. uh, We sat in the green room. We got some gold. Oh, nice. I got some good, 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 good topics for when he comes back on the 15th. Okay, check. I so, don't need to know that. I don't even but, know why you said that out loud. Just to point, just to you actually just ruin to irk my you game. a little bit, just to irk you, just a little bit. Yeah, hey, I got a uh, question for you because yes. uh, I, I had to bounce, of course, to take that phone call. But uh, did Gino have fun? Or oh yeah, yeah, he had a blast. He did? Okay, yep. good. 
Yeah, he was uh, after right after you left, he was smiling and giggling and had said, uh, he's just like, I, you know, I really enjoy the fact that what you guys do and just the fact that it's an authentic conversation and nobody holds titles and like it just fun. Just rip it, like, man. This is it. That's the whole yeah. point. That's cool. Um, so after that awesome story that took me 15 minutes. No, to no, two awesome stories. And two you know awesome what? Stories, yeah. Don't even look at the clock because like mm. it doesn't. You know what we did yesterday? We didn't even start the questions that you right? had in mind, whatever topics Not even close. they were. I got, got so many. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> hey, hey, do you know what? We'll be doing this tomorrow again. That's so, true. Yep. Uh, by the way. We have a guest tomorrow too. So, We're on the 11th. How many days in the row is that now? Uh, well, I actually looked it up. Uh, I missed the first like four days of January. Okay. Right, because you did a few live. We did one on the first, and then I missed like the second, third, fourth, I think, and maybe fifth. Look at but me anyway, carrying, carrying all the load. All the load, yeah. All. So we're we're upwards of seventy. Okay, good, nice. Yeah. So it's uh pretty pretty good. I mean, you got double that at least. Oh yeah, forty hundred fifty yeah, yeah. now for with yeah, the yeah. Uh, with your IG That's stuff. Right. Hey, uh, I, I the thought entered my mind just as I asked you that question. How long do you think we can go on this streak? Oh, I, I, my, I hadn't even thought about it, but I was like, by the time we hit January one of twenty twenty four, was when I was going to start thinking about how long we could go. Right, that's I hadn't awesome. Even, right, <laughs> like this is just. I figured this year for sure was going to be a good day. man. Chance Burles. I'm learning. All right, I'll turn I'm the learning. I'll turn the microphone over to you because now you've just <laughs> earned the entire microphone. <laughs> I've earned it. So, well, actually, this is what I, one of the lightning round topics that I wanted to hit today: social media. Okay. Because it is a tool, but it is also quite. It can be used negatively, like some other things. You know, there's some other hot topic issues out there that are tools that can be used for good and bad and fun and not so much fun and pain and all these things. But I was talking to somebody a little while ago and they were saying that social media might be on the way out and that this next really? generation of kids are using it less and less and less. So what are your thoughts? I don't see that at all as the trend. No. In fact, I see quite the opposite, but I'd be curious, you know, whoever your friend is, um, not what their background is, but I'd be curious as to how they came to that conclusion because that's the opposite of the trend that I see. Well, we'll get to talk about. We'll get to talk to him uh, okay, awesome. in some point. Don't tell I me have the date. Him, I have him. I have him locked in, so okay, good. we're good okay. to go. We'll talk okay, to good, him good, soon, good. and we are going to go deep into this one. And it's actually oh, fantastic. Uh, the topic is going to be more about the social aspect of media as mm. a whole, mm. because this happens every time a new a new media stream comes up. Right when you think about the uh, the printing press, that was a revolution for the average peon or mm. peasant or whatever you want mm. to call it back then. Citizen. Citizen. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, uh, when the, you know, as the industrial revolution started to kick in, you start getting like each time a new media, then newspapers and then magazines and then the internet. And then, like, it just, as it evolves, it is a revolution in thought patterns, the revolution in, um, in how we communicate with each other. There's an evolution within itself. There's a lot to it. So that's what we're going to get into with that guy. Well, I think 
if you and I haven't talked about it, I know for sure I've talked about it in my live IG chats, and it's the aspect of the velocity of evolutionary informational exchange. Mm -hmm. And so the printing press, yes, revolutionary, but it moved at the pace of the snail. Now information exchange is moving at the pace of the cheetah. Mm-hmm. And so the the evolution is rapid, but the trend is still the trend. Re- irrespective of how fast it's moving, you have a baseline. You start trending over a timeline. And whether that timeline is a week or a month or a year, it doesn't matter. Trends are trends. And the trend that I see is not a um, reduction in social media interaction. It is an increase in social media interaction. So I'll be fascinated to hear um, your the guest that you have been discussing. More to the point, I'm curious as to what their evidentiary background is, whether it's just anecdotal or whether they're a PhD with massive uh, body of work behind them, which they may very well be. So if they are, which is awesome, uh, then I'm super keen to hear the their interpretation of things. And it could be very well that they are... 97% correct, and I'm only 3% correct, but I'm happy to move towards the path of intelligence. That's the way. This is it. <clears throat> the uh, The real challenge, I think, especially with, with social media, is the fact that I, I liken this to video games. So growing up, for me, I grew up as video games were being introduced. Right, My, my first console way back when was an Atari 2600. And I know there were a couple before that, but the ev- I got to watch the evolution of video games. As you I- you were actually Mr. Video Game in my mind. Yeah. So you are. And you're you're the definition of it. When I think of video games, it's you. And here's why. It's not that you're yes. like mega video dude, yeah. but you came up in the scene and you've, you've been kind of not right from the get-go, but you're still in the scene. Yep. So when I think of like a video gamer, it's you. Excellent. I am. I'm glad that I can uh, attribute such a lofty position to your mind. Not that lofty, to be honest. <laughs> no, but you know, I I watched video games become what they what they are today, and I've heard many people say, you know, video games are um, some of the causes, some of the issues that we're dealing with over time within our society, and they you know attribute violence and all these things. And for a long time, I didn't quite see it because. I grew up playing video games. I'm not a violent person. I don't have these violent urges and thoughts and so on and so forth. But what I realized after time was the fact that I watched the evolution, right? I was part of that evolution of gaming where when I started as a very young kid, there wasn't a lot of violence in it because you couldn't make a lot of violence in the game, right? There wasn't enough memory. There wasn't enough stuff. And so same thing with... (laughs) I guess I'm Mario now. <laughs> Thanks, Winter Storm. <laughs> um, the, uh, with social media, it's the same thing. Again, I was part of that evolution. My generation got to watch as social media became a thing and it was used more often and the evolution of the smartphone, the fact that we had it all the time. So I see it as a tool because I was already a young adult when that started to come out. Whereas kids nowadays with social media and with video games as well, they're jumping into it well past the evolutionary stages they're now in the sheer magnitude of the internet the magnitude like when i explained to my kids i felt like i was 70 i was like you know when i was young the internet didn't exist and they were like what's the internet 
but they've been using it for a long time because they hadn't conceptualized that it was a thing. It just was. So it, it's a, it's a challenge because I see it. I see social media and I see video games as well as I see it as a piece of entertainment for video games, but I see social media as a tool. And I think a lot of people see social media now as entertainment rather than the tool it can be. What are your thoughts? And I see it as a responsibility. Mm. I see social media as a responsibility. I also see gaming as a responsibility. And here's why. Because most people don't think that there's any cost to gaming. Like you, as an example, you think of it yeah. as entertainment. You think of it as a way to escape. You think of it as a distraction. You think of it as a way to whatever, mm -hmm. like most people. Now, interestingly enough to me, uh, Dr. Gino yesterday was when I hit him with the, Hey bro, what's your top three podcasts on behavioral scientists nerdery? And he blasted off Dr. Andrew Huberman. Check. Good man. Mm -hmm. Number two was Robert Sapolsky, who I went and spent some time at looking at this morning, which I quickly blasted off on my IG uh, live chat this mm -hmm. morning, where I was talking about the us versus them, the divisiveness of our insula. We're hardwired in our melons. When you're playing your pong game your super mario game your all of the early games that weren't all about the call of duty magnificent violence mm -hmm. guess what you're doing us versus them yeah do you know what the cost is to that any ideas guesses couldn't tell you costs yeah so there's 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 a lot of costs that are going on the first cost is that it's a visual processing medium it's not something that you sit back, close your eyes, and consider the deep complexities of the world. That visual medium is burning CPU time. It's burning energy. It's burning, we'll call it life force for lack of a better term. Guess where your day just disappeared? In your video processing, nerdery. Yeah. And now you've got no juice left for the rest of the day. So that's the first complicating factor. The second complicating factor, and the more important one, the more diabolical one, is you don't even know what you don't know. You're playing your game thinking, hey, look at me entertain myself, but really what's going on at a hardwired level, at a neurochemical level, is rat poison. Mm -hmm. It's McDonald's, man. You're feeding McDonald's into your hardwired system. And I'm not saying that video games are the devil. I'm just not, they're not free. Yeah. And and that not free is 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 not just a case of, it's a ride down a canal in a, on a sunny day. That has cost. You pay your mm -hmm. ticket when you get on the boat. But video games are the boat that you pay the ticket to get on, and then you're constantly paying for as you're on the cruise. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I think that social media is way different than video gaming, but social media also has a similar cost because like a video game it'll take you in a direction that sometimes you're always you're not always in charge of mm -hmm. so you're constantly being hit with a cost that you're not aware of social media also has a cost but you have branching points where you get to decide uh I'm going to stay on the on I'm going to get out of the dark side and I'm going to go hang out with uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobis for a while mm -hmm. and there's way less cost over there than there is over here and so you can unlike a video game you can hang out on the positive side of the force for the rest of your life. Yeah. That isn't the case with a video game. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. And I, I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> when you said it was uh, the divisiveness, I realized that that also is where 
it's where we get this thought of, at least for when I was young, that there's good guys and there's bad guys. Yeah. Right. And there's a storyline and there's, you follow the storyline and you just do, you know, if you, as the gaming developed, it took on more ambiguity, right? The, the more choices you had to make, the more development into who is the good guy that has come around. And you talk about Call of Duty, it's the same thing. You get to play as actually, we talked about Spetsnaz. Yeah. Spetsnaz. Exactly. Yeah. And not to say that they're all bad, but, there's no real line in the sand as to who is good, who is bad anymore. Why do you think that is? I think that's because it's more accurate to life. Or and, it's a behavioral scientist team that understands how your little peanut works and makes you all frothing at the mouth because you just can't put that game controller down. You just want more. That's true. That's part of it. Oh, that's I, guaranteed. I, I, that, but that's I also, fact. I also believe the fact that it is a because back in the day we, there wasn't the processing power to put that in, right? Every letter required a certain amount of memory, and every um, every choice, every decision, everything. Once once you get to a certain point uh, of memory, you can't put any more in, right? There's just that's it. You have so you have to have content for the game. This actually happened. I talked about role playing games because I've always loved those. Back in the day, the key was story. Right. That was, you had to have a really deep, long game. That's those, that's how you sold your games as an RPG because you had the graphics weren't even a, a question. They were like, yeah, okay, these are great. But the depth of the story was the question. Nowadays, we see this in a skewed version where it's all about the graphics and the storylines are shortened because you're able to put more uh, graphics in based on the memory. That's besides the point. Um, but what I what I've seen over time with it at least is that the <clears throat> excuse me the memory limitations the physical memory limitations of the video gaming back in the day versus now are what changed that I think that was the key was that as memory expanded as the ability to actually interact with with the customer me the, the gamer companies started to say oh graphics sell same thing in media you know sex sells violence sells you know the uh 24-hour news stream of just like catastrophizing that's what sells because people are into look at that because we're visual creatures as you were saying and the visual medium uh the, the visual interaction that we used to get from video games of being very binary being two-dimensional changed once we added third dimensions and then it changed again so we added fourth dimensions and it's changed once again now we've added a fifth dimension in terms of information and information warfare and all these extra psyops things that are starting to play into social media so i believe that uh i i, I agree with what you're saying <laughs> in a long-winded form I yeah I, you lost me because you got me into the 64 bit versus 32 bit <laughs> so what was your point though my point was, is the fact that, you know, I think I might have lost my point. I, think I lost did. it in the midst of my, uh, lost in me my about ramblings. a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. My bad. I lost myself. I lost Sean. We lost everything. I started cool. going into it's the cool. gaming. Uh, um, you know what? Here's what's cool. You love on your video games and you're excited to give us the history about video games. I've heard it before and you, you dig on it and that's fun. It's cool. But the point I guess is 
that I'm trying to make, irrespective of how many bits and blops there are in this story, from day one, there was something called a food scientist who worked for McDonald's. Mm. And that food scientist only had one responsibility, to make people eat more yeah. of McDonald's. And that is the video game industry. That is every industry. That is every capitalist-driven corporation that is responsible to provide profit to the shareholder. Yeah. And therefore, whatever benevolent ideas that anyone has about how righteous video games are, you've got it backwards. No one is interested in making you better. They're only interested in manipulating you to pull profit out of you, period. Yeah. No, no video game company in the world is so altruistic that they're developing awesome games to just entertain you with goodness, period. It's very, it's very hard to do that. <clears throat> there are games out there like educational games and things that uh, like some of the games my boys play. It's one called prodigy where it's, do you think that there's scientists that know how the brain works and hook into your kids? Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Now, is it altruistic that they're doing that? No, that's, that's maybe a nice positive outcome per possibly, but right from the get go, there is no company in the world that says, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's lose a whole bunch of money. So that so that chances kids are awesome. No company does that. No, absolutely not. I was going to say it is. It's a. <clears throat> excuse me, man. Um, it's it's a tool again, right? As a company, you want to make money. How do you make money? You find a niche, and and you find a hole and you fill it. That's how you, as a business, if you want to be able to sell something, you market it into a niche that is yours. Yeah, but and parents don't see it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Parents don't see it for the tool that it is. They think it's a tool for them to yeah. entertain their kids because it's an electronic babysitter. True. But that's not what the tool is. The no. tool is actually a devious tool that is burrowing into your kids' brains in order to hook them into the game, in order to, Dad, I need an upgrade. Dad, I need I, I need the module. I, I gotta buy another module on the module. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Actually, I know. I know. <laughs> My I'm kids not wrong. I see it all the time. <laughs> the uh, and you know, even in social media, like I, this is why I put them together. Is that I think the they're a different medium for sure, but they are used as a they're used in the same way. The digital babysitter, right? They're not used as a tool to and even for themselves. Like for a lot of parents, social media is their digital babysitter. Right. And we have a hmm. we have a comment here from uh, Sarah says, maybe kids are starting to see how extreme people are on social media over seeking validation, overexposure, doom scrolling, divisiveness, and might be engaging less, but they're still on it. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Any thoughts on that, Sean? Yeah, that's a that's a great point by Sarah. And <clears throat> I should be clear from a macro perspective. These are just casual observations of mine. I haven't spent enough time to formulate a solid theoretical model based on evidentiary timelines over years. These are casual observations. 
when I say that I think social media is engaging people more and more and more, that's my casual observation that I call a trend. However, there may be data out, hard data out there to support that it's quite the contrary. People are getting, staying on it less. I don't know. I haven't seen that evidence and that is not the trend that I see. But I do believe that as Sarah states, divisiveness, divisiveness actually tends to increase uh, engagement. My team versus your team, my soccer team versus your soccer team. And, you know, I, the hat that you're wearing, the t-shirt that you're wearing, the shirt that I'm wearing, these are things that we choose intentionally. And when we're putting them on, when you're putting that t-shirt on, as an example, uh, you're, you're probably pulling it on thinking, Hey, I'm repping dot, 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 or I'm gonna, I like this t-shirt cause it represents a dude that I know for a business. And I like that. And I'm gonna rep him, et cetera. Now, whether it makes you feel good for that reason, or it makes you feel good because you like the design or you like the feel of the cotton or whatever, when you put that on, you made a conscious decision to put it on. Mm-hmm. And, and it's for us to understand why we do things, not just do things. And so that's kind of what I'm making the point here with Sarah's uh, comment is a lot of things can unfold in front of you. And then years later, you realize, what the heck? I'm eating at McDonald's every day. That's called unconscious choices. Mm -hmm. You've got to get intentional with your life. And every branching point is an opportunity to make the right decision. Yes, absolutely. And actually, we, I think we've gone over this a couple of times on the show, was the fact that it's not an ambush, right? Life Mm -hmm. is not an ambush. (laughs) And that all those unconscious choices that we're making are part of it. And it's when you, we talked about this yesterday with Gino, is that just the understanding that it is a choice is the first step. And then you can start diving into it a little deeper, a little bit more depth. And like this shirt, absolutely. I woke up and I was like, this is a cool shirt. I like it. I uh, attribute parts of my own identity. I identify with this thought, right? I wear an engineer patch on my hat. I identify as an engineer. I got a sapper tab right here. Like the, all these things are, are all choices that I'm making that I know I'm going to be online. I'm going to be showing to the world. I put that there. Myself. It's on Velcro. I tied it on. I did that right, so that I could represent something. And it's all part of the puzzle. It's all part of the game. And once you actually realize that all of those things are choices, not just like, oh, I like the way that looks. That I'm choosing that and I'm representing that. Then so you the, can start deep, so the interesting thing on. to me is when you pull on your t-shirt this morning, you go like, yeah, I'm going to rep that. I, I recognize that. I, I identify with that. I'm connected to that, blah, blah, blah. Then you pull on your t-shirt, you sit down in front of the mic and you forget that you're wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> you forget what you're representing. Mm-hmm. And, and to my point, there is intentional choices that once they're made, get forgotten and you forgot why you did it and you forgot what you were trying to represent. And all of a sudden you're wearing a a t-shirt that says, uh, don't step on me or whatever. And you're not representing that lifestyle at all. You're not representing anything other than a billboard that you're not living your life as you make a choice in the morning to throw on a shirt that tells the world, uh, get out of my way, but you're in everyone's way. (laughs) And so, and so, you know, the conscious choices that we make 
are cool, but then you've got to realize I made a conscious choice and mm -hmm. I'm going to represent that conscious choice, you know? And I think this goes into the responsibility of what you're talking about with it social does. media is exactly that is that we, again, we're all choosing these things. It's not like we can just toss it up on social media and be like, huzzah. And oh, hey, I've heard this one second blip, man. Right? It's that instant gratification mindset. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's funny. <laughs> Winter Storm's just, it's a dopamine hit without effort. 100%. This is it, right? Um, and oh, I got another comment from Sarah here. To, to be fair, the way I'm choosing to use social media now is much different than most people around my age. So I think both observations are probably true in some way, Sean. Yeah, which I, I, I agree think so. With. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, is, this is part of why I think it's key to really hit on social media. We were going to do a lightning round, but I guess we're going to do the whole show on social I, media. Dude, so, I, you beat me by 10 seconds. I was just about <laughs> to like, hold you accountable. Yeah. So, but, but this, you know, this is good. This is good dude. conversation anyway. Yeah. Come on. It's all good. So the, uh, I think it's, it's important to hit on the fact of the responsibility of social media, because it's the same, res same responsibility that I see in the concept of freedom. Right. If you are a free citizen or a free nation or a free whatever, you have a responsibility. Not so much I can do whatever I want, screw everybody else around me. It's about maintaining a level of awesomeness. <laughs> to, At least you know, cooperation. Cooperation, right? Like anything. Just that the fact that and this is a, a very crude um analogy, but if you think about it when you're on the highway. Right, you're driving down the road and everyone's doing the speed limit and everything's working. There's no major issues. People are passing and moving in between lanes and whatever. But then there's that one guy or gal For sure. ripping down the highway. And you're like, what the heck, man? What the heck? Like we were all just doing our thing here and now you're ruining it for everybody, right? Uh, not all doing our thing. We were all just cooperating. Yes, exactly. And then on the other side of it also, there's somebody that's just freaked right out doing like 40. And they just, they're just, everybody's whizzing past them and they're over anxious and over this. And they're, they're also the ones that would be screaming, saying the speed limit's too fast. We need to bring it all down. True but those words. are the, those are the outliers, right? Most of society, most of Canada, most of uh, a lot of places, when you go there when you actually go there are less divisive than you think they are but social media they're the fringes they're like that's the people that are screaming the loudest those are the people that are yelling the loudest about whatever it is they want to yell about and i i find that those are the those are the people screaming down the highway or doing 40 and saying everything's too yeah, fast it's, it's a fair fair point so that's my analogy what do you think of it yeah, I think it's good. And it's good because we've all been in that spot. We all understand what you're putting across and, and it's kind of a correct model to ex explain the extremeness or the outliers of the non-cooperative elements of society. And that's okay. No, you don't have to cooperate all the time. I don't. I like pushing back. I like thinking outside of the box. I like pushing buttons. I like changing things up. I do, I, I do the speed limit with everyone else but I'm looking for ways to move in and out of traffic without being mm -hmm. too much of a distraction. Yeah. And so I think the, like any video games, you can fall into a, 
or social media, I'm, I'm flipping it back to video games for you. Like any video games, there's a core set of video games that are, we'll call them societal norm acceptable, or, you know, like kids will play it, adults will play it. It's, it's not so egregious that it's, uh, that should be, that should be burned in a pile. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that there's always going to be outliers. There's, there's going to be people out there that want to play the freakiest of freak games. And those freakiest of freak games might have had to be developed on the black market because they're so insane. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like there's so much stuff in there that shouldn't be in there that mm -hmm. no one should ever play it. But there's always going to be freaks who want to play the freak. Yep. And so those are the outliers. And I don't conflate, I don't combine the outliers with the normative central uh, core, we'll call it, and, and assign that all video games suck. No, the freak games suck for sure. The core games, we'll call them, are, can be good as long mm -hmm. as you understand what you're doing to yourself and as long as you understand that you've got to manage yourself better. Mm -hmm. No one should sit down and think that there's zero cost to video games because yeah. it's quite the contrary at a hardwired level. Yeah. After we had that conversation at uh, Pegasus Jump, my outlook on video games changed actually quite a bit. And now I utilize them in a much different way where I used to use them as like an escape or, you know, I just want to remove myself from the real world and jump into them. I now use them in a separate term. And I don't play them anywhere near as much as I used to actually, which is nice, kind of mind blowing. But I now use them as a, I want to enjoy myself for 20 minutes. So I'm intentionally oh, nice, nice, nice. enjoying myself playing a game that I enjoy. And it, once I, if I, if I start to get elevated or I'm not enjoying it anymore, done. And I move on. And I think that, again, that's what you're, what you're, the heart of what you're going at is that the fact that the responsibility is to ourselves. It is. And like, that's what social media or video games or any of this stuff is that it is our responsibility that we have the freedom to choose things. So choose what's best for us. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, while you're choosing what's best for you, for, for you, you're literally choosing what's best for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. I mean, because if you suck, guess what? You suck to everyone around you. But if you're running your game, your program correctly, if you're if you're limiting your time on the video game and you are limiting your anxiety and stress levels on a video game, well, once you finish that video game and you enter back into the living room or whatever the case, now you're a better person to all those around you because yeah. you're not you're not a freak you're not you, you haven't been battling call of duty for hours and have you ever worn a heart rate monitor while you're playing your video games no that's a good mm -hmm. idea though <laughs> you'd be surprised i would doubt. and so um there, listen i'm not going to keep saying sapolsky's name or all uh, a whole pile of other names that have already well established these kind of things it's been established for years that there are just hardwire responses, how are fight and flight, how are neurochemicals, how are dot, dot, dot. Things happen that we can't control. Mm -hmm. And so why put yourself through that kind of trauma unnecessarily or more correctly, thoughtlessly? Mm -hmm. It's cool to, it's, if anyone out there thinks I'm hating on video gamers, I ain't. I'm just hating on the fact that video gamers don't think of the consequences. They just blindly enter into video world 
think there's zero cost and then hop out and suck for the rest of society because they're trashed. Their systems are trashed that day. You're walking in like a shell of a man to some mm -hmm. degree. And so you've just got to understand the consequences and you've got to maintain the right balance between escapism and realism. That's a great point I was actually going to make is the, uh, the, the escapism is part of it, right? That is, that is a big key point is that, and I've heard this many times from many gamers of, you know, it's just easier in, in the virtual realm or it's, um, you know, I get to be truly who I am, right? Winterstorm made a comment here, maybe with social media is a place people who don't scream in person become monsters to let it out. That's accurate. Same people do it on the road, right? They do it in video games. They do it in all these places that there's a level of anonymity as a part of it, but it's also the fact that there's no constraint, right? You don't actually have to deal with the repercussions of it. Well, you just said the key word, actually, ironically. You don't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And the and, and so when you finish the video game, do you know what you dealt with? Nothing. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and do you know what? You double suck now because you literally did nothing to quote unquote let it out. Yeah. But when you are finished the video game, you're incapable of managing or dealing or getting to the deeper root of whatever it is that you're trying to escape or mm -hmm. lash it out or whatever. You've done no work on that and you don't even have enough juice to start it because you blew it all in the video game yelling at uh, an ogre who's just about to <laughs> virtually club you uh, as you're doing a, a fight and flight, you know? Yeah, who is literally a pile of code that somebody sat Correct. on a computer and just like Correct. type, And, type, and type, you know type. what? Even funnier is you're also a pile of code. Dang right. So you're, you're sucking, you're draining your battery, you're dealing with no issues, and yep. then you hop off your gaming console and you think that you're a winner. You're, you're a loser. You've lost. And I mm -hmm. don't mean you video gamers are losers. What I'm saying is you lost a part of you in that mm -hmm. video game. You lost energy. You lost the ability to control yourself because you're hardwired. You lost, lost, lost. The yep. time would be better spent putting your hiking boots on, walk out in the bush, sitting on a tree stump, and zen out for 30 seconds. That's the best video game you can play. I agree. And this is another portion of this as well as the fact that when I said it's easy, and it, it, it's, it, it is, you can be whatever you want. You yeah, know, easily. And by you the way, it's probably it. 30 feet away from you right now. You don't even have to put your boots on. That's right. Exactly. So here's an example. There's a uh, game called The Ghosts of Tsushima, which is yeah. about... Yeah, my boys have played it. Yeah, it's a great game. Lots of fun. Evan likes I it. enjoyed it. Um, you get to play a samurai. Right, and you go through the ancient feudal world, and you ride a horse, and you do all these I've crazy things. Play it; it's, it's cool. good graphics. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, they spend a lot of time on that, but it's a lot easier to be a samurai for, you know, 20, 30, 45 minutes, an hour, two hour, ten hours, fifteen hours, whatever you want to play, than it is to become a samurai. It is, or or live as a samurai. Right. It's easier mm -hmm. to read a story about it than it is to do it. And I think, again, that's one of the appeals of video games is that you can lose yourself in that similar to a book, right? Or a fantasy novel or something where you can lose yourself in it for a few minutes. But with a difference between a book versus the game is that the game, as you said, there is a burn to it. 
there's a burn rate to it. You are burning calories. You are actually processing consistently versus where in a book you're reading and you're imagining. And there's a, a, there is a process to it, but it's nowhere near the burn rate that a video game would set up. Correct. And the, it, what it does is it creates a dissonance in my opinion. And that, let me establish this, that last night I went in to give, as I always do every single night that I'm home and I can, I go up and I, I call it tucking the boys in, which I've mm. been doing since they've been in diapers. And so I go up to give them a hug. We do our secret handshakes. Each boy's got a different secret handshake. And I tell them I love them, have a good night, see you in the morning, etc. But as I'm walking into Evan's room, on my left flank, I've got a, he's got a large uh, print of a samurai. Mm -hmm. And as I walk past that poster, there's a book in his bookshelf called Hagakure. Mm -hmm. And as I go to hiv give him a hug, when he hugs me, he's got a hug of a samurai because he's been in martial arts for a long time. Yep. And so he understands to some degree, not as well as I do, but to some degree, he understands the path that is required to understand the game that he's playing, which is called the ghost of Tsushima. Yep. And so he can put reality, hard work, the path and fantasy, the game and make a comparison and understand that. He appreciates the beauty of the video game, the art, because it's, it's beautiful. That's it what is. he likes the most. Yeah. He appreciates the rule set and blah, 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 whatever. But he, he appreciates the aesthetic of it. But he also understands the delta between false world and real world. Mm -hmm. And that is an important distinction that just not enough people understand. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking about, responsibility. It's your responsibility. <laughs> that the, if you're going to engage in these things, it's your responsibility to do the research. It's your responsibility to uh, engage and learn. And you can, like, again, social media can be a tool. Video games, it can't be a tool. Well, I mean, it can be a tool for certain things. But again, if there's a responsibility built into it. That if Nobody you're doing talks it about that responsibility. No one holds their, their kids accountable. Yeah. Everyone gets to eat at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a slippery slope. All of a it sudden, is. everyone's shrugging their shoulders and thinking, it's all about me. It's all about now. It's all about me winning every second. It's all mm -hmm. about no cost. Uh, That's the way society's rolling, baby. Yeah, actually, I had this little conversation with Arden today. He didn't. I, he was making his bed this morning, and he kind of he threw in the towel a little bit a lot actually he like just kind of like tossed his sheets up and he was like there you go done and i was like nope and he had a little meltdown and i was like nope and we talked it through and explained it to him and did all these things it took us like 45 minutes to actually get through the whole process of it to a point where he made his bed and it was done right and i it's the accountability portion of it is key and i didn't just say make your bed make your bed, make your bed. I explained it. Hmm. I explained why I believe it. I explained what good is going to come out of it and why I hold him to a certain standard. And then he looked at his brother's bed and he was like, but it's not like mine. And I'm like, no, because he's five and you are nine and your standards are going to be different. It's this is what I'm holding point. to. And uh, so this is, it's part of it though, right? This is when you're talking about video games or social media or 
making your bed or learning how to drive or anything like that, if you want somebody to be responsible and you're the one that's responsible for teaching them, you also are responsible for holding them accountable to what oh, you're yeah. teaching. And, and obviously demonstrating the standard because it's, it's one thing to go into a child's bedroom and say, make your bed properly. Meanwhile, you've got Dorito bag slippers on because your room's a disaster. Because exactly. there's, there's dirty, there's there's peanut butter knives all over the kitchen counter, and there's like, you know, there's a burning Eggo waffle in the toaster, and and that's how it happens, man. Because yep. like, yep. if you don't demonstrate the standard, if there's no leadership by example, now you're just a tyrant. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah, that was actually one of the first things I did was. Uh... I was like, your bed's not made. And he goes, yeah, it's made. I'm like, come look at mine. Ah, good man. And I showed him mine. I'm like, does my bed look made? And he's like, yeah. Like, Where's yours? That's good. My, my other just, thought on this is you were talking about you, you spent approximately 45 minutes to get to the conclusion that you were looking for. And, you know, maybe that was 45 minutes well spent. I don't know. I ain't armchair quarterbacking you. All I'll say is when I had to face that initially, which didn't last very long because my way is my way. Mm -hmm. I just looked at my boys, uh, whichever one it was, and said, okay, no problem. I'm heading downstairs. You can hang out up here. When you've sorted it out, come down and let me know. See you mm -hmm. in a while. Yeah. However long it takes, don't matter me. One hour, two hours, four hours, whatever. You'll sort it out. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hang around and micromanage. I don't need to explain all of the nuance of things. You know what's up. Hit it. Let me know when you're done. There's yeah. there's a time and place for that as well. You know what I mean? For sure. Absolutely. This is, I think, I think it's the evolution of it, right? Because initially, same thing when you're teaching a baby to walk, right? You're, you're not just like, walk, baby. I'll be back in 10 minutes, right? Like, no, <laughs> you're holding their hands at first and you you hold them up and you help them along. And then you go from two hands to one hand and then you're walking beside them and then you're not holding their hands anymore. And then you're saying, go run off and have fun. And then you're like, there's a, there's an evolution to it. In terms yeah, there of is the, the evolutionary processes you just described as a organic unfolding logical sequence as you described it. However, I would suggest this, that though that is the logical process moving forward, I do like to throw in pattern interrupts. Those are always good, yeah. And so, you know, whatever way you're running your program right now in respect to get that bed made, dude, invert it, turn it inside out, flippity flop it, do it in a way that you've never ever done before that you can't even imagine right now. Like later today, think up a new way to pattern interrupt that gong yeah. show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's magic, baby, because it keeps the boys on their toes. It keeps you on your toes. It helps them understand that there's many ways to skin a cat. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I was going to, I was actually thinking about what you're talking about. I was like, I'm going to make it a competition against themselves. It's not a terrible idea, man. Game and then Take the garbage little, uh, out as fast as you yeah, can. Exactly. And then I'm going to do it like I'm going to put a little sheet and be like, you get, now you guys can time it. How fast can right. you make your bed? Dude, how clean I've can you make it? How straight is it? How da, 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 da. Uh, and while you were talking about pattern interrupt, this is what popped up on my screen. <laughs> New The Collector t-shirt. Walk, baby. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> 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 I was like, pattern interrupt. There you go. Right there. Perfect. Fantastic. Uh, so, maybe. 
merch, right? Merch. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, By the way, that coffee mug was looking pretty tight there the other day. It's looking pretty tight. I'm. Uh, I think it's almost there. What do you think? I'm. It's, I'm at like ninety-five percent. Yeah, 95%. I feel like it's ninety-five. I got. Uh, there's another little piece I'm going to do to it, and we're teasing all the people watching right now because they're like, "Mug? What mug? What's happening? There's a mug." You're teasing yes. me, bro. There is a mug, and it's happening. I'm. Uh, I'm actually. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get a couple samples for you and I, and then what I might do is put a uh, pre-order up on the website where oh, people look could at you go. order some. You do love your little merch, merchy merch, don't you? Merchy merch. I love it's, merch. It's, you know what I like about the merchy merch uh, is uh, not that it's it's not my shtick. It's your shtick because you're far better at it than I am. But I just like the idea that you're running a subroutine. You know what I mean? That, that's yeah. all it is. It's just a software subroutine that you're running right now. Yeah. No big deal. Ones and zeros, baby. It's a video yeah. game. You're playing it. But you mm -hmm. got to play it right. You got to yeah. understand the cost. And mm -hmm. so what's the cost on developing a coffee mug? It's 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 resources, time and money, perhaps, but really the resource is always a a, a cost benefit analysis, mm -hmm. risk reward ratio, whatever you want to call it. What you're doing as you're running your subroutine, because you're excited about it, you love it, it's all good. You could do that for the rest of your life and never accomplish anything. And as long as it's making you happy, that's cool. But ultimately, your satisfaction is tied to outcome. And the outcome is you want a coffee mug in your hand, just like yeah. I want a coffee mug in my hand. So the subroutine at some point has a shelf life of go, no go. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. There's many things that are fascinating about this coffee mug subroutine, by the way. <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, it's been a really interesting process. I never realized, this is one of the biggest realizations I've ever made in my life. I didn't realize how difficult it would be to make a friggin' coffee mug. <laughs> Like, yeah like that's fun that, it's fun to watch you do it. it um no it's uh winter storm it'll be a coffee mug without a handle because nothing worthwhile is had without effort <laughs> that is just like dude that's so legit i might have to redesign the coffee mug. Dude, it might require a redesign <laughs> that is outstanding yeah yeah I'm, I'm taking this winter storm yeah, I'm taking you know this. what? It it's might not just so happen. Bad. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of like that a little bit. I I like that a lot. So we'll uh we'll see what happens cuz uh, you know what's the best part? It's all on you, baby. I like the idea, but it's your subroutine. <laughs> yeah, we're going to play with it. We got uh I got a couple ideas for shirts that I'm working for, but uh walk baby, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I think that's a that's a pretty <laughs> amazing one too. <laughs> uh we got one comment here before uh before we shut her down, but I, I think it's poignant. I want to add it in here. <clears throat> Scanman says, I heard a quote from video game developer Chris Belzinski. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, a video game has to be fun for approximately 10 seconds because you end up repeating that 10 seconds for hours and hours. Yeah, I, I, I kind of dig that. Social media, I think, is the same as well as that you, that it's again, it's that dopamine hit, that easy, easy dopamine hit. Um, he carries on. I'm probably butchering this quote scary to think that you just might be doing the same mindless thing over and over and over again it's still gonna be fun though hey you know what else is fun life what what part of life is fun man i'll tell you what <laughs> isn't fun we've got about 15 cms of fresh snow there uh, last night so the driveway won't be fun the mm. single track that i'm gonna go like crush myself on because of all the deep snow will be fun but it'll be hard work mm. and so you know, life is work, baby. 
you get Life to decide how to gamify it. And the, the driveway can be fun. Well, it will because I'm going to make my boys do it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was going to say, because it's always fun watching somebody else do a driveway. Um, well, Sean, appreciate it. We didn't really get into a uh, lightning round today, but... That was the opposite was, of lightning round. I think it was a good conversation all the It was the, same. the best conversation. And uh, it was the best conversation. Do good you know what stories, the best part of it was? Thoughts. What was the best you, part? You got to hog the mic a little bit. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I got to add my giggles in every once in a while, and that's... <laughs> That's the important part, right? Dude, we we 32 bit, 64 bit, and, and then the stories. I, I dove then, into it. You did. You I went did. deep. 100%. I yeah. Uh, I've been I've been lots of points throughout the last while with all the guests we've had. I'm like, ah, I didn't let the conversation roll. So. <laughs> you know what I love? You're in, you're a video nerd and you're into it. And I, I appreciate anyone that brings passion to whatever they're mm -hmm. into. So yeah, it's good. Well, well, I could go into the evolution, but I'm not going to because we're already over time. Please so. don't. <laughs> Please. It is fascinating. To you. To me. That's the yeah, that's the key point. So I uh, appreciate everybody watching. Appreciate the comments. Sean, appreciate you hanging out with us always. Good job, Pat. And uh, we'll see you all tomorrow for more interesting information. Possibly a guest or two, maybe. We'll see. Chimo. Chimo.